seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 182 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. As always, I'm your host, Aquan Watson, and for 182 episodes, still have my main man, Brian Allen. How is it going, dude? Probably help me if I unmute my mic. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> uh, how am I silent? <laughs> Apparently, but... Um... Did a uh, library fundraiser show that I hadn't really done, and I guess probably, I guess pre-COVID was the last one I did, so it's got to be going on almost uh, almost three years, God. And I mean, the next day, all of, all of my body is just like, wait, what? <laughs> Used to do this three or four times a week, now you're like, eh, why this am I losing that show? Like, what type of show did you do? It's a well. It's a fundraiser for the Rich, Richardson uh, Adult Literacy Center. So it's usually at the library. This year it wasn't because they're apparently redoing the library. So you end up doing the same scene probably. I think this year eight times. So it's a little weird because oh, wow. you know, they they split the crowd up into groups and then each group comes and sees the show and try to solve the mystery. So yeah, it's a little bit. Gotcha. A little bit more taxing than the regular show where I might just do, well, you obviously only do the scene once with the regular show. And then as somebody mentioned one time when I hadn't spoken for a while, cause I wasn't the killer that night. Somebody looked around and said, you hadn't talked in a half hour. And the guy that wrote the show tells them, we all get paid the same. I'm like, right. Yep. <laughs> get paid to sit here and eat Dave and Buster's. And I'm not complaining about that. That's a good point though. Cause you know, when I remember the one we put on, we only did, two performances each day you know we did two shows and another day we did two shows so yeah eight in a day seems like a lot man and it's totally it's totally eight in about two hours but that's wild (laughs) that wait well congratulations because that is a hell of a thing to have to roll through and it actually uh worked out very well everybody loved uh everybody loved it they enjoyed it well i guess we've been doing that one for i want to say 15, 16 years, one of our longest running clients. Hmm. And you know what the funny thing is? What we took away from your story? That they actually decided to redo a library in the Dallas area and not actually close it. Right? So, <laughs> they actually could maybe put some new books in there, hopefully. That's a win. Uh, we are trying. <laughs> I know, that's sad. I shouldn't have said it, that, but it's true. No, I mean, it's something that's <laughs> happening. It's, that's, sadly, that's where we are right now. Oh, that's rough, man. That's rough. All right, before we get into the rest of the show, y'all got to go check out our sponsor over at Cardsphere.com. Great people, cool site, and honestly, one that I'm a user of. I'm not just a sponsor, I'm also a client. Or that's what we should say about the, the hair hair club for men or whatever it was back in the day. Yep. But, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, good people, and it's literally a site where you can name your price, whether you want to buy something, sell something, whatever. You should go check it out over at Cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic and you can get a shout out just like Stephen Hines for being a supporter. So thank you for that, Stephen. And you can go to our website over at colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up some merchandise. But all that being said, let's get into some things that we can gripe about this week. 
And one of those things I'm going to bring up is the thing we talked about, man, I don't know, it feels like it was three, four months ago, but a website called Kick. Not the best name for a stream site anyway, but it is what it is. But Kick is kind of trying to position themselves as an alternative to Twitch. And if you see Kick, it literally looks like a Twitch knockoff. Like they generally just took a bunch of stuff from Twitch and change it from purple to green or whatever, which that already is kind of suspicious, but it is what it is. And right now it kind of got back into the news recently because a lot of people, I say a lot of people, a fair amount of people have considered moving from Twitch to Kick because Kick has been promoting their, I think it's a 90-10 split in favor of the creator on revenue, or at least on any of your subs or any of that stuff. The problem, though, is that's kind of all it has going for it. And I don't think people have really figured that out yet. Like, one, it's in every way been confirmed that it's run by a gambling site. So, I don't know. The backing is kind of tenuous, <laughs> to say. There's been creators that have been on that have had some very questionable content. Some stuff that borders on white supremacist level stuff. And nobody's really said or done anything about it, which basically means there's a terms of service that if, well, if there is a terms of service, nobody seems to know what it is or how it's being enforced. So that's a problem. And there's really no future plans, right? Right now, we've seen people talk about how they've gotten so many gift subs or whatever. But when you dig into it, a bunch of it's from like the company supporters or the parent company who are going through some of the bigger streams, just dropping some subs in there and like gifting some subs. Well, that's not going to last forever. They're not going to just going to keep come dropping money on people, right? Like at some point you got to get people there. And in off camera, we talked about the hover app, right? That was the problem that hover had. It's yep. like, it was, it was a fun app. It was creative. It got, it was a great way to get people from there to your YouTube stuff with your clips or to, to Twitch, but the reality was it was just creators. They never had regular consumers, users, whatever on it, and that was the fit. And that's kind of where Kick's at right now. And we've seen before, I've said it before, Twitch is kind of like a little bit of a void where you can get people from other things to Twitch. It's not often to get people from Twitch to other things. Like occasionally you'll get a person or two that'll find out you have a YouTube channel and they'll go watch some stuff, maybe if you're lucky, but you don't really get them to move off of Twitch. You leave, they'll just hang out and watch the next person that plays the game or does the thing you do. That's just how it works. So I don't understand what... It feels a lot like Mixer. You know, where people are like, oh, well, this is going to be better and this is going to be better. But at the end of the day, Mixer never had the user base. It never... Like, all these places are marketing to creators. But at some point, you got to market to just the end users. Because if they're not there, it doesn't matter how many creators you have on there. Now, if anything, it's worse because you have a bunch of creators splitting a very small audience, right? So like, there's no benefit there. So right now, I told people, like, I went and reserved my username on Kick. It's there if I want it in the future. But beyond that, I can't recommend anybody use it under the current circumstances. One, till you figure out a TOS situation or there's <laughs> proper punishments for terrible human behavior. If there aren't so many damn gambling at, and don't be wrong, I don't hate gambling. I, I I'll play some poker. Yeah, you know? we both we, we both like, you know do gambling types, and as many you know people have mentioned in gaming, 
Madden loot boxes or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. That's the, the, the line between that and gambling is a very, very thin one. Yeah, so I don't want people to take that away that I'm saying like, oh, well, it's gambling, so it's bad. Like, no, no, neither but, of us is saying that. But when it's all about gambling and that you're seeing a bunch of those ads and obviously they're trying to get people there to get them to their other gambling services. Yeah, and when Twitch, you know, has said they're going to start cleaning up gambling and all of a sudden your 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 uh, platform fills up with people who are like, hey, yeah, are y'all enforcing any of that? No? All right, here we are. <laughs> Let's back to the Yeah, so, so some of that is really questionable, you know, but I don't know. I, I would say this, like, as a user... Probably doesn't make a big difference wherever your favorite creators are. Just go to wherever your favorite creators are. I would say as a creator, I am hesitant because trying to get involved in that current ecosystem that doesn't appear. Now, there may be a plan, but I couldn't find one online. I couldn't find anybody from the company mentioning a thing. Nothing for future pie in the sky endeavors or direction. Nothing like that. Phase so, one, they steal underpants. Phase three, yeah, profit. <laughs> exactly, right? What's phase two? Phase one, we steal underpants. Exactly. So at this point, I don't know what where they're even going. It's just, hey, we're going to do literally a knockoff platform. And I don't care anybody. If you go look, you would almost think you are you looked at Twitch, but you hit a thing that changed the color on it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's like a dark mode or whatever. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong. It looks exactly like Twitch, doesn't it? Right. So you did a knockoff site. So you didn't even do your own UI work effectively, right? You brought some people over. Your first couple of people you pushed really hard happened to also be gambling streamers, right? And your only claim to fame is that people keep bringing up, oh, well, they have a 90 10 split or whatever it is, right? Like they're giving more money to the creator. Like, okay, cool. But if I'm getting 90% of $100 versus getting 50% of $2,000, okay. I was not prepared to do any math this evening. <laughs> yeah. Maybe throw and a burger wrong, joke out there. I don't think Twitch's 50% is good. But right now, they still have the bigger pool of money to give you. And other things that are tied in right now with companies still doing different. And they actually talked about doing some type of company sponsorships that'll be bonus on top of your other stuff. So like they're still working on other programs. Kick just doesn't have any of that right now. Now, can they in the future? Sure. And can this become a real platform? Absolutely. I'm not saying they're doomed right now, but I'm saying it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel because there's no direction toward the light. If that makes sense. But all right, I'm going to step off it and hand it over to you. All right, uh, folks, the, the, the state of Mississippi has a population of 38% black folk, the highest for any state in the union. In spite of that, or perhaps because of it, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves inside a proclamation declaring that the month of April is Confederate Heritage Month in Mississippi. He, it would have been so easy, we talked about this on the pre-show, to just say, it's Civil War History Month. And everybody go just learn about whatever general or battle you choose to learn about. But no, by calling it Confederate History Month, he has let you know which side of the aisle of the audience he is playing to. Let us celebrate Confederate history, which again, this is not a thing most black people are, are looking forward to. 
for obvious reasons. Let's talk about right now, which we're going to talk about later in the show, but like you have like the March Madness tournament and all that stuff. Like, are they going to want to put, because you know, they do the regional things in different cities. Like you ain't getting one in Mississippi during April. Right. I just ain't going to happen. Right. Like you, you ain't getting nothing that's going to happen. Like they're just not. This is, of course, supported by sons and daughters of Confederate veterans who promote the uh, lost cause mythology that slavery wasn't really the primary cause of the Civil War. It was about states' rights, which is total bullcrap. Sorry. The well, Confederacy's whole thing was... It's true, but states' rights to... <laughs> yeah. The, the, the South's economy was going to collapse and did collapse after slavery went away because it was built quite literally off of the backs of black people. But you know, people like to ask like, why do you bring this stuff up? Right. Like on a gaming thing or whatever, but just like we're talking about, there's events and things that happen throughout the year. When you're trying to get people to go to certain areas, certain stores, you know, convention centers, whatever. If you are going to be trying to invite some of these groups in when it's going to be Confederate flags, potentially everywhere. For for the better part of a month, I ain't gonna want to go down there. No, I'm just not. Like you, you tell me there's a thing. I, like, know, I don't. Plenty of my white friends are not gonna feel comfortable around these folks. Yeah, like I, I don't think people realize that. It's like, just, it's just weird. It's kind of like who does stuff like this? You know who? Because again, Southern Confederate veterans do the reenactments. They dress up and re- and I'm assuming probably reenact some of their favorite battles, the ones that they won. I don't know that for a fact, but but I, I agree with your point though of you could have just said, "All right, this is Civil War month." Or yes, we do. The Civil War is history. It happened. Yeah, we absolutely, absolutely do need because especially right now, as the country gets more and more divided, this is a period in history we absolutely need to be looking at. But we really don't need to be trying to perpetuate the myth that the Confederacy was fighting for just... If you listen to, to some people who would try to rewrite history, you know, the North came down here and they attacked because they just hate cotton, apparently. You know, they don't know why they were trying to take over the whole Southern United States. It just, I mean, there are people who refer to it, many of them in this group, as the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah, I don't... That's... Yeah. I, I still... I'm with you. I, I think... By not calling it Civil War Month or something related, right? You've turned it into something like when people say, like, "Why do you want to make it about race?" Like you went out of your way to make it political because you had another thing you could have called it. Yeah, you chose not to. Particularly, it sounds right? like you're really only celebrating one side, which, by the way, is the side that lost. Yeah, and that that's the tough part. And like I said, I you you were setting up a situation where. A bunch of businesses, companies, whatever, are not going to want to do business in Mississippi during the month of April. And I get it. Like, and and that's crazy when you're talking about, you know, like you're saying, such a high population of black people there. But like, I don't know if somebody told me like, yeah, we're going to be trying to set up this convention in Jackson, Mississippi or whatever. And, you know, it's going to be this thing with these games or whatever. And I'd be like, cool. When is it? And they're like, oh, it's going to be like. April 18th to the 20th, where I'd be like, ah. <laughs> <See>. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, 
And I've told the story on here before. I there were places in Texas I just did not get to go to events. Like real talk. Like, and if you think I'm gonna travel to another state where you are openly saying, like, hey, we're supporting all of this that is whether we like it or not, is related to this other major issue in history that was not favorable to black people. Right. I ain't going. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I can effectively, and hey, and I got family that goes back to Mississippi, and I'm for real just going to be like, cool, I'm just going to take Mississippi off my calendar for April. Right? I ain't going to worry about it. Because inevitably, you know, like, especially if it's a pretty big event, you know, the, the Magic Turbo Egg will be the only thing in the convention center. There'll be other things, and hey, mm-hmm. there could be, you know, Confederate History Month rallies, or, or one of my, this is when I knew the Times just apparently wanted me to leave, and they sent me to cover one of the sons of the Confederate veterans was marrying one of the daughters of Confederate veterans, and they had a whole Confederate-themed wedding. Bruh, they not. sent you to cover that story? Yeah. I'm like, y'all ain't got <laughs> nobody else. Oh, no. Nobody oh, else no. can go to this, right? Or maybe that was why they picked me, because they just wanted to see, hey, what is, how are you going to react to this? First of how all, let's hope I make it keep back. This job? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they were testing. How bad do you want to keep this job? Basically... And, Man, I, and that's I, rough. And I had to ask myself that <laughs> that is particular assignment. Like, I just that's crazy. That is absolutely nuts. But yeah, I don't know, man. That's 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 crazy. Interesting news, but but a little bit crazy. But you know what? Let's talk about some more interesting and fun things actually this week because we have some fun things. And what did we learn? So, want everybody what you learned this week. Okay, Overwatch apparently had a news leak, so they just went ahead and confirmed it and gave all the deets, so to speak. And now we have a new support hero in Overwatch called Life Weaver, and I mean, yeah, the internet loves him. He is the first uh, he, first Overwatch hero that is confirmed to be uh, queer on his reveal. We've had characters because, you know, Overwatch, you really there, because of the shooter, there is not a whole lot of story that happens. There are, you know, comic books and, and other things. And apparently we're going on an animated series too, but where they have revealed later that, oh, by the way, Tracer is gay. Oh, by the way, Soldier 76 is gay. But this is the first time they have said all the characters released that this character, in Life Weaver's case, is pansexual. This is, at the beginning, we're telling you this is who this character is. And at the reveal, somebody asked, you know, well, okay, is he... Uh, you know who, who's he? Who's he going to talk to? Is he? Does he have a relationship with anybody that's currently in the cast? Is it? Oh, you'll find that out through some of his voice lines. We're not telling you right now. You'll just. So apparently, some other people will be confirmed to be queer through some of his voice lines at some point in the future. So of course, people are already, you know, kind of making their speculations, or and, maybe confirm they're not. Yeah. You know? Ships are sailing all yeah. over the Overwatch yeah. fan base right now. And I guess at least one or two of these ships may be, may be confirmed here in the future. And then just in terms of the gameplay, which really here isn't really the thing that matters so much, but it does really look like he's also is a going to be a very strong character and a support character that's not just a healer. He can do a lot of damage and protect, let's be honest, especially at the lower ranks, being a support character is a thankless task. <laughs> You get dived on by the opposing DPS, and you're saying, "Hey, hey, why am I not getting healed? Because I'm dead." Is why. <laughs> now, a question because I haven't seen the character yet. I didn't know anything about it till you mentioned it. Like, 
is it, have they done him to where he's like overly flamboyant? He, I will he... say, he is very flamboyant. He okay. basically is like a human rose, and he throws thorns at people. So yeah, very, very. <laughs> That's flamboyant. actually funny. But like, and the reason I ask, kind of to your point, is in a shooter, there's not a lot of way to convey that yeah. without making it very visual, right? Because like, definitely, if it's something to do with race, like it's a black character. Asian character, Samoan character, like you can, there are traits you can show physically, yeah. but like in this case where you're talking about somebody's sexuality or I don't know, they have autism or something yeah. like it's kind of hard to convey that physically. So I sort of wondered if they just made him more flamboyant and I'm straight, but yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie. This dude is gorgeous. <laughs> he really is just, Hey, there's something wrong that like I've looked at dudes and been like, that's a good looking dude. Yeah. I'm not interested, but like I could admit like, I mean, for real, how are you not going to look at somebody like, I don't know, like Brad the Rock Pitt. or something? Yeah, yeah the Brad Rock. Pitt. And just yeah, go like, you, you know it's a good looking dude. Like, if you if you don't admit that you're an idiot, you know what I mean? Like, you know. I, oh, the, <laughs> like, there's a guy I went to college with, and we'd just both be like, oh, Dietrich here. And everybody's like, we don't exist. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty joker. We would just all go to our quarters and just. <laughs> just but I don't, like, to me, and I know this is a sidetrack here, but like to me, it's just like when I look at women, like there's women I can look at and say like, she's pretty, but I don't necessarily find her personally attractive, but I can still admit she's a good looking woman. Yeah. Right. Like it's no different. Like it's weird that people are so like uptight about that. It's I so actually awesome. had one of my friends, you know, who considered himself to be less attractive, but he, I, neither here nor there. He said he would follow around one of our more attractive friends. And he considered himself, you know, He's the shark. I'm the pilot fish. <laughs> hey, you know, I guess know what you're working with, I guess. Right. After he I, decided who he would, would like him to attempt to go out with, I'm just going to just try to follow everybody else. They're like, wow, I've never looked at it that way, but all right. <laughs> hey, I mean, if it works, it works. I'm not saying it's a I smart guess. plan, no, but, you know. No, just... I feel like you got to have confidence, but then. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You'd be like, just through life, man, and everything. Like, confidence plays such a big role. Shoot your shot. You know, shoot. (laughs) Now, we're talking about confidence. (laughs) Remember, like, I think it was three months ago, I mentioned the Chiefsaholic. Yes. Now, let me remind people who Chiefsaholic is. Like, if you've ever watched a. Kansas City Chiefs football game. If you ever see the character that is done in the wolf outfit and the Chiefs uh, uniform and everything, he's not an official mascot, but he's one of those fans that have become so well-known. He's at every yeah. game. They kind of just go, all right, he's part of us, right? He's, yep. he's part of the program at this point. Others and, you might know are like Darth Raider. <laughs> from yeah. the Raider, Rowdy, the Cowboy, or no, that. Rowdy's actually actual. official now. Yeah, apparently uh, <laughs> there's a... There's a brother that dresses like a cowboy, and I can't think of his name, but yeah, he's also somebody you know that you, everybody knows him. But yeah, and and those people exist for different fan bases. However, to kind of get you up to speed on the story, there was a point where people didn't see Chiefsaholic for a little minute, and they were concerned yeah. because nobody knew fan. who Chiefsaholic is other than. He's Chief Saholic in a wolf outfit. He's Batman, and no one knows. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew the dude inside, so he just kind of went missing for a minute, and people were concerned. That's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, eventually they found him later, apparently still in his wolf outfit, 
But it was more of a concern because there was a report that a guy had robbed a place dressed as the wolf. You would figure there's no way it's the <laughs> same guy because no one would do that, right? They'd catch you immediately. But then but. it turns out it was during the time he was missing. And it was, at least from the video footage, a near identical wolf type outfit. So then they put two and two together, started backtracing stuff, and yes, found out he was guilty of robbing. Not even two and two. They put like one. Well, that's true. (laughs) You didn't have to look far, right? So they end up arresting Chief Saholic, which is already a crazy, which by the way, diving into this dude's history, apparently his family has some crime connections and other stuff, but he's sort of like a cast off or whatever. So weird backstory for obvious reasons you can't be yeah, as it turns the, out you can't bring him to the bank robbery he keeps wearing a chief's costume <laughs> yeah that's the thing that gets me like why like one you shouldn't be doing it anyway right but like if you are why bring even if you're gonna bring an outfit why bring the one the costume you are known for wearing every week this is like a tina fey <laughs> like this is yeah this is a cop- like, i'm waiting for the movie at this point because i'm just like dude why like Go get you, I don't know, a pig outfit or a horse outfit or something that's just not the wolf. Like, you literally could have thrown people off the scent because it would have been a different animal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But, like, literally, this not even a wolf outfit, the same wolf outfit. Like, crazy. But anyway, they arrest this dude. They eventually let him out, tell him he's going to have to post bail and all this. They apparently agree to terms on what it's going to be. Dude doesn't make his court date. And now, for lack of a better phrase, the wolf is on the lamb. And I don't know how this story is going to end. Because <laughs> this, <laughs> this is one of the wildest, weirdest things. That's going to be the name of the movie, The Wolf is on the Lamb. Just... I'm just saying, like, in sports, like, I don't know if I've heard of a stranger's no. story. Like, that a dude that nobody knows becomes this fan favorite, dressed as this, which is also weird that it's a wolf and it's the Chiefs, but whatever's whatever, right? Like, he's dressed in this costume, becomes this fan favorite over a few years. Nobody knows who he is because they've never even seen him outside of the the costume, which means this dude, talk about kayfabe, he's dedicated to the thing. Like, he must have come to the arena in his car already in costume. Right, so nobody ever saw him out of it. I, I just found out that nobody legitimately knew who he was outside the costume. You yeah, that was that was the reason nobody something. could check on him once they realized he hadn't been there for a minute because they were just like, "What? Well, I don't even know who we would call or where we would go." Right. So, and all of that came out kind of after he got caught, and then people saw he was in the family story and all that. But yeah, crazy, crazy. So I don't, and I need to check. I don't know if they've caught, because this was a couple days ago, I guess. He was supposed to have his his bail hearing or something or whatever. And apparently, I he was still loose at that time. This is one of those things where, like, they ask, you know, they ask Batman his real name. Like, it's Batman. You're talking yeah, about exactly. Bruce, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is, he's like, whatever his guy's real name is, like, no, the, the wolf is, is, is his true But, dude, name. we talk about this on the show so much. Like, if you are a creative writer, you have to be so pissed at real life right now. Yeah. Because so much stuff is happening that if you were to write this and bring it to anybody, I don't care if you're just trying to get a screenplay, anything, people would look at you and just say, there ain't no way this is believable. Nobody's going to buy into this. Right. And then now, real life happens, and somebody's going to turn this into an A&E movie special or something yeah. or whatever down the road, right? 
the simulation like this, is crashing or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a wild thing. Like, but yeah, I just thought it was funny that the dude got out and didn't pose bail, and now the wolf is loose. And people, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I really, I'm, I'm going to be following the story because I want to know how it ends at this point. I'm assuming he just gets caught and locked up for the next like ten years or something. So you but who knows, to an man? Asylum at this point? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. It's a Something weird story, is not man. All the way to kill. I agree with you. It is very, very weird. I don't get it at all. But all right, let's talk about some actual news topics. All right, this is one that uh, I guess we get to. I don't even know if I want to. I was going to say we get to say we told you so, but like it wasn't like it was hard. You know, E3 announced they were canceled again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was, previous years, you could say, oh, yeah, obviously because of COVID. No, this year, it just, <laughs> and, and here, just a couple of months before it was supposed to happen, they just, yeah, nobody's coming. We're not doing it. Basically. But, you know, like, we were talking about it. Like, I remember telling people as back as, like, I feel like 2016, 2017. Yeah, I remember back then, and it's probably for me, uh, two or three websites ago now, writing stories about E3 tries to, it's probably E3 2015, struggling to justify its existence. You know? it's just... Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, once it became so full of consumers, at some point, each of those companies were like, hey, we still want to talk business. So we're going to do our own individual shows. So then you ended up with basically the whole week leading up to E3 being. Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, whatever, yeah. all pre three, we would end up calling yeah. it because everybody just jumped early. You know? So then it was like, okay, well now all your big players already showed all their stuff in their private shows, so there's no news from them at the big show. Like they'll show up and do demos and things, and you know, do and in the business. Year, like like I think this year, I don't think any of the big three were planning on being there. Nintendo no, hadn't done that in a no. while because you know Nintendo has created their own thing with Nintendo Directs where yeah. their stuff is far more popular than anybody else's show right now because they just they crush it every time. Well, they're good presenters. Yeah, honestly, if you if y'all have never seen them, like go watch something from Microsoft. Go watch something from Sony. Hell, go watch something from Facebook or Google. Yeah, and then go watch a Nintendo presentation. Like they're just more fun. They really are. I mean, they're more they, colorful. They get how to do it. Yeah, they're using the characters in creative ways. Like the people look happy, <laughs> like they're coming out to do the presentations. Like it's just a different vibe, and they've got it down. So yeah, makes sense to me that they weren't going to be involved with E three anymore. Then if you look at the way you know gaming journalism is done now, I mean, so much of it is done. You know, this is also what happened with G four. So much of it is already being done on YouTube to where there's yeah, really no need for in G4's case a cable TV network, or right now in E3's case a need for there to be an industry trade show. I think if it ends up coming back at all, which is certainly not guaranteed. I mean, it's almost got to be kind of like just you know more like a like a comic convention type feel. Yeah, I, something I think before, like that. Before I think they were trying to be both and really try and ending up pleasing nobody really. Yeah, that doesn't really work, right? Like, I mean, you you have shows like your Comic-Cons or whatever that are huge. You also have shows like CES that are mostly business. There's a few, like, people who win tickets or, you know, consumer pass stuff. But it's really a business show, right? People looking at new technologies and things like that. I don't know why E3 thought they could be both. 
because we haven't seen an example that I can think of where that works super clean. Well, I mean, I would say San Diego Comic-Con does a good job of both because you know at San Diego Comic-Con there's going to be 52 new, you know, movie trailers. And you're also going to find out, you know, what the, who the new creative teams are. On all I will say that's, that's probably a fair example. That's probably the yeah, best. They, they, but they, even then, the I would say they developed into that. Well, yeah, because they that started out part of their just being a typical comic convention. Yeah. And it just got to be the probably the I wouldn't say probably it is the best and biggest comic convention. So now, now Marvel and DC know they need to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Cause that's yeah, because I remember the movie trailers still being a new thing. Yeah. You know, not that long ago, where it's like, oh, cool. And then the next year it was like, oh, three new trailers. And now it's just like, there's a new trailer every day coming out of San Diego yep. Comic-Con or whatever, right? Because so, everybody yeah. knows that is... And I feel like there definitely is a potential for E3 to get back. I mean, I, it'll it, it'll allow you really never be... Because I guess it's all kind of like, in terms of the timeline, it's the reverse. Like, yes, San Diego Comic-Con started as just a comic book convention, then became this big, huge nerd thing, where it's E3 used to be the big thing where I just all weeks or just like you'd get almost a year's worth of news seem like out of that one week. And that, again, that just isn't the way news is done anymore. We're not getting our news from magazines or really even from cable channels. We're getting it from the internet. And, you know, I just had a thought really in some ways, I think what E3 needs to do. And honestly, I don't even know if they can survive at this point, right? Cause we're talking, what is this? The fourth year we didn't have the event or something. So that, it's like, that is a problem. So it's like, you know, how many things have we seen, even on a local level, get canceled for four years in a row and then still successfully come back? Like, that just doesn't happen. Unless you get all new ownership and blah, blah, you know, whole new direction. But one of the things that happens is what kind of what we tell YouTube creators is like, you need to understand who you're marketing to, right? Who's your channel avatar effectively, right? If you could describe the person who's going to come to your channel and watch your stuff, what are their characteristics? What are they like? What are they into? Whatever. I think that's what E3 needs to figure out, right? Like, who is buying a ticket to come to this show? And what are they going to expect? What are what can we deliver to that person? Because right now, I think if you ask somebody, it would be hard to define that. It's like, if somebody showed up for the first time, what is the ideal experience? And does that match up with what that person expects? I don't know if we could say that for any of the, I mean, let's, you know, excluding COVID, let's go to the three or four pre-COVID years. I don't know if we could do that, you know? And I think that's their biggest issue right now is not, maybe I guess just not having a clean identity. I mean, yeah, but before it would have been like, Hey, this is the biggest, you know, gaming news show of the year, but they've lost that. So they got to exactly. something else. And I think that's the thing. If you can figure that back, out. If you if you go back to, yeah, sure, 2010, 2011, we still had G4 as a cable TV news network. And they're there the whole week, you know, asking questions, yeah. putting out trailers. But everything has changed. And, you know, and that's not to say they can't still do something with yeah, the big we still have comic channels conventions. or yeah. have MKBHD come out and whatever. Talk about like crazy new technology you'll be able to use with gaming or something like whatever. Right. There's probably something that can still be done, but they need to put some real thought into that to figure it out. Yeah. But all right, let's talk about pulling for them to figure out how to do. Well, that that is true. (laughs) Like I'm always pulling for the OGs to make it always. Now, Wizard of the Coast did something a couple of days ago that they called the D&D Creator Summit. 
which was kind of, and I wouldn't say something, say something that's never been done before, but it's definitely kind of a unique thing for the D&D brand. But what they decided to do is they went through and they found a lot of creators. I don't know what the number was, but it sounded like it was pretty significant, like 30 plus. I don't know what the number was, but they invited some personally to come in. I'm assuming there were people that were probably in the region and had an easier time getting to like, which is the coast HQ and others that they had a zoom call basically set up a presentation where they could all be involved, ask questions, whatever. And it was mostly around two things. As far as I could tell, it was the tabletop D and D, which is basically going to be for those who don't know, they're working on a roll 20 version, or if you use roll 20, it's a style like that where you can play all your D&D stuff online. You can make maps. You can roll dice, do all that stuff. And then what they're calling D&D 1, which is basically going to be the new, for lack of a better explanation, it sounds like it's going to be the all-in-one encompassing version of D&D. So we're not getting like 5th edition, 6th edition, 7th edition, whatever. It's, hey, this is the bulk rule set we're just going to use forever for D&D. And we're going to build everything off this. We're going to add everything to this. This is just going to be the thing you need to have. And I kind of like that, right? That, hey, here's the direction for the next year or two. This is where everything's going. Let's get some feedback. Let's talk about some things. I also think it's a pretty efficient way to get information out to your most enfranchised communities the fastest. Because like we've talked about it before, a lot of people are starting to spend marketing with content creators instead of on networks or whatever, because it's targeted, right? So if you can invite... I don't know the number, but let's say it was 50 content creators that do some variety of RPGs, D&Ds, whatever. And you can talk specifically to these people, give them all the details, or at least that you can talk about publicly so far, and then they can go disseminate that to their audiences. You're going to hit hundreds of thousands of players, if not up to a million between them, depending on how big their reaches are. And you wouldn't necessarily get that buying an ad on a football game or a basketball game yeah. or on WrestleMania or whatever, right? Or, you know, if you sit down with a, a, a website, like, they might ask you some questions that you don't care to answer. Here, you control your own message. For sure. For sure. And I know some people say, ah, oh, I hate that, whatever. But when you're trying to market and get your stuff out there, like, you got to. Like, just that's just good business. Now, I will say, I did have an issue with some of the people asking some questions that really... I don't know if I want to say we're overly personal, but they were also kind of pointless. And the one that came up multiple times that people seem to be like some variation of is Wizard of the Coast or D&D or does Wizard of the Coast or D&D find certain creators hostile? Basically some variation of that question. That came up like three or four times. And I don't like one. The answer is always going to be yes, but they're not going to tell you yes. And that's for any company, right? Like. If you talk bad enough about somebody's product, yeah, they're eventually not going to want to do business with you. I don't even know why you're wasting time asking the question. The other reality to it is, though, if they found you and or your network or whatever to be that hostile, they wouldn't have invited you to the thing. <laughs> you know, So, like, there's better opportunities that you could have used that for or whether it's for your own curiosity or for your community's thing that you could turn into a video or something you can dive into, a fact that you thought people were speculating on or whatever like so many better things you could have asked but i feel like there's sometimes in situations like that and i've been part of some of those on both sides that like 
you just know certain things aren't going to be answered going in or out of it, right? Well, so again, why journalism isn't easy, and a lot of people don't have the training. That is fair. That is very fair. But it was weird after the first person asked it, and then somebody asked like a variation of the same question. And then a couple minutes later, somebody else has a variation of the same question. I'm like, y'all, y'all are all asking the same thing. Plus, like, some people have bosses they work for, and they don't know that the, I mean, they, they may still feel like they get in trouble even if they don't ask the same question. <laughs> that e- might every, be true. Everybody is not in charge of their own microphone, unfortunately. That might be true. Like, hey, make sure you ask this if they call on you. Like, you we know, like, know. The, the New England Patriots right. reporters know Bill Belichick isn't going to answer any questions, but they'll still get in trouble if they don't ask. Yeah, which I that always annoyed me after because like he's now it's different if you're talking to Mark Cuban, a Jerry Jones, whatever. Like you can ask all kinds of questions; they'll they'll give you ridiculous answers. Hell, at one point Jerry Jones was talking about glory holes and der- oil derricks or whatever. And people <laughs> went what, and I'm like, yeah. I don't think he knows what what that that means in current nomenclature. I don't I don't think he gets it. Oh, I think Jerry knows. <laughs> yeah. So like sometimes he was going there. You got to know your your speaker too, right? Cuz there's sometimes you can ask questions and you know you're going to get a sound bite, right? And that's what you're going for. So I I get that part of it too. But overall, I kind of like this, man. I don't know how you feel. Like but I I like it when companies do stuff like this. Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, they we I love when they do any kind of player outreach. Like you said, even if they miss necessarily, you know, there are some questions they aren't going to answer. But, hey, let's, you know, at least you know, go out and talk to the people. I'm always I'll, in. I'll even say when I was at Wizards, one of the things that came up is, like, and one of the things I feel good about when I was there was talking about there was some information they wanted to not share, but not because it was bad. I think it was just more just like we're in the hat, like a lot of businesses, you're, we're just in the habit of protecting information. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the mode for businesses a lot of times, especially with gaming. Like you, there may be a feature you want to put in the game, but it ends up not working. Yet if you say it to her, but Hey, you promised it would have this. And, and then it didn't have this. You're a liar. You know, it's sure. how it's going to be split. Usually that gets you when you're talking about release dates, when you yeah. don't know. And you're like, Oh, it will be out. Like, in in june or whatever and then june comes like it's gonna be out in september it's like but you just told us it was gonna be june you know but no i I think the thing was it was about trying to explain to retailers because i was doing a presentation for them at gamma that year and i was like hey let's talk about numbers that can help them do better business and put stuff in perspective and one of the things we talked about there were several things but one of the things we talked about is that at the time there was something like uh, like upper 20s, like 28% or 27% of the player base for Magic was actually female. But, and it comes to organized play, it was only like 2 or 3%. So trying to explain to the retailers, like, hey, if y'all focus on this part of the community and make your places more welcoming and whatever, there's, you know, 20%, you know, worth of actual business to be had on, on the grand scale of things. And you could just see light bulbs come on, right? Because we shared that information. And come, some people came up afterwards and asked about stuff. And then during the Q&A, people were asking about like, hey, well, if you want to do this type of effort, is this okay? Or what's the best way to do this? And like, so they were already thinking, right? Because you gave them that piece of information. And I feel like the same thing here on the D&D thing. And it's like, oh, okay, we're going to include all these extra classes. Okay, cool. Well, what classes are going to be in there? Okay, cool. We're going to, like, it's going to be a bigger book. What are we filling it with? And it's like, oh, well, we're going to add all this history about the games and backstory and whatever. So people can have that lore 
portion as well as just having like a rule book. And like I'll say, so now there's all this other stuff you can talk about and you get people kind of more jazzed up about it because you're sharing all this information early. Whereas I think a lot of companies and wizards included, but a lot of companies would hold that closer to the vest until you get near release time and have it all on a controlled schedule or whatever. Right. So I kind of, I'm into it. I'm into it. I hope we see a lot more of this, but let's talk about (laughs) some arena stuff. <laughs> what oh, was yeah. That laugh? <laughs> oh yeah because we, we talked about last week when they put out that announcement and they said violators will face justice or whatever the hell it was sounded like bad <laughs> yeah like turns out they were serious so with these particularly one of the rules basically uh errors we should call it bugs you could activate a thing and effectively blew up a whole bunch of stuff. And obviously it was bugs, shouldn't work that way, whatever. But they've now come out and said that they will be suspending players based on the severity of their infraction, I guess, if you will. And I have included that if it would require you to miss an event or you were to lose your play-in points for a thing or whatever, too bad, so sad. So yeah, they they are serious about this, and I don't know, man. I where where are you on this whole thing? Well, we talked about this. Uh, I guess it was a week ago too, or, or whenever. Yeah. I guess it initially came up. Like, I have a problem with them punishing people for what was basically their mistake. <laughs> and you know, and that's where I'm in a little bit of a weird spot because, like, I do totally not like get your position. No, yeah, nobody. It'd be different if somebody hacked into their code or somebody purposely made their their cards do something they weren't supposed to do. They put a glitch in the game. People took advantage of the glitch, and yeah, sure, don't like. I mean, they told people, "Hey, we're working on it. Don't do this. Whatever." Now, admittedly, at the time, there was no punishment announced. Yeah. So, like. You didn't know if you did it, you were going to get hammered. Exactly. And to me, if you didn't say that up front, then this is kind of harsh to me. But I'm also on the other side of you did it knowing it was wrong, right? Like in all in pre-show, we talked about like, it's kind of like your parents tell you, don't do this thing. And the opportunity comes up and you're like, ah, I know my parents said not to do it, but they didn't tell me how effed up things are going to be if I do do it. So I'm just going to do it. You yeah, I mean? when you're talking about, you know, tournaments or, you know, rankings points or whatever, you get eyes on your content. It's basically, you messing with people's money. Like you tell me, like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It isn't the same as, hey, you're going to be in trouble if you do this and you'll lose ranking points or whatever. I feel you. I feel you. Like, and I will totally understand anybody who's upset about it, truly. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm kind of down for them just going, you know what? Here's the punishment's going to be down. Y'all have all been warned. <laughs> like, like, if something like this happens in the future, well, you yeah, know. In the future, everybody will know. But yeah. for, for this to be, you know, the, the first, I, I don't know. I'm, I, is, now, I, I don't feel like I agree with this. because again, I will were, say this, too, though. From everything I can tell, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a lot of people being punished. That's because, because I've asked around in different communities. I've asked in my Discord, you know. And there's a lot of people who didn't even run into the error. So they didn't encounter anybody using it against them. There's one or two that tried to use the crowbar and they blew up their own stuff because that's how that one works. So, I mean, if you hurt yourself, we're just not going to punish you for that. But (laughs) 
I think overall, it sounds like a lot of people weren't really abusing it. And even people that had it go off once or twice went like, yeah, I need to not do this anymore or whatever. Because like I said, even my Discord, which has like 500 people or whatever, one person I think mentioned having it happen against them and one person had the crowbar thing happen to them. Uh, and I've talked to one other creator, I think, that ran into it. Most of the others said they never, like, if they didn't see a video about it or something, they wouldn't even have known it was a thing. So I assume it's only a small number. As, again, this is an assumption. I, I obviously don't know everybody. But I guess trying to do percentage-wise of the people I've talked to and their communities that are sizable, we weren't hearing of a lot of abuse situations. So if it did happen, it's a very small number of people. And I would think even within that, probably only a couple that were, I guess, habitual problems, if you want to call it that, just repeat problems. But I'm kind of hoping it's somebody who has a mouthpiece of some kind, because I kind of want to see them go off on social media. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Like, this is when I'm a little bit here for the drama. Because right? <laughs> honestly, like, because, dude, let's be real, like especially in the gamer community, whatever your community is, there's always new drama every like 72 hours, right? People just pick the thing and people want to complain about it or whatever. This is one I could get behind because I want to see it. Like, because hell, today I saw people on Twitter talking about, well, are we trying to tell people that this creature is only this much bigger than this creature because this is a 2-2 and this one's a 4-4 or whatever? Like, I don't know, like why it even matters. But this, I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to see somebody defend themselves. I'm just like, well, they didn't tell me I was going to be punished for using this bug that I knew was not the way it was supposed to work or whatever. Because I get it. I I do. I'm with you. I get it. But I also kind of want to see them, like, stand their ground on it. Like, you made a moral decision. I want to see how you defend it. You know what I mean? Or see who defends them. I think there's some telling stuff in that, too. Mm. Like, this could be interesting. And I'm usually not one there for the drama. But this time, I kind of am on this one. But I have a feeling it's probably not going to be somebody of any prominence, sadly. Yeah, like you said, apparently if it wasn't widespread. Yeah. So I, I would like for it to be so we could hear a little bit more about it. But I think this is going to be one of those cases where people either kind of get shunned quietly and we never hear about it. Or, you know, one of them might pipe, pop up and make a big twit, tweet longer on Twitter or something. But that's probably all we're going to get out of this one, unfortunately. But that being said, there is another interesting bit of thing going on at Wizards of the Coast right now. They actually opened up their intern program again. And they've kind of been running this pretty regularly for several years now. I know they were doing it back when I was there at this point, what, five or six years ago. And I, I think it's a good thing. Now, there's some people who immediately just jumped on and went, Oh, so Wizards is trying to get free labor and blah, blah, blah. like y'all got to read. It literally says in the first post they put up that they were all paid and all fully remote. <laughs> like they couldn't be any more clear about it. It's literally just spelled out there. Not yes, even yeah, like you just got to read the first. <laughs> the yeah, first it's paragraph. not even like in a big jumble. And not only that, every one of them you read says in the description, fully paid, fully remote. <laughs> like so. Yeah. And it's cool, though. They have stuff for literally all kinds of things. There's somebody for, I think, a marketing manager, uh, a UI, UX design. There's uh, game design. Uh, there's there's like 
eight, I think I saw eight or nine different disciplines that they're actually taking people into. Now, they didn't say, I don't think they saw how many of each, but if the last couple of years are accurate, I think it's like two or three per. So it's kind of cool. It's an opportunity to get your foot in the door. Some people have been hired, you know, from these things, you know, maybe not immediately, but, you know, they finish whatever courses they're doing. And then when they apply, they already have history there. So that's a leg up. But also some of the stuff you learn could also get your foot in the door elsewhere. So I say take a shot. If you're looking to get into one of these fields, I say go to their website, go ahead and apply. Because what I mean, it's it's shoot your shot, right? All these people talk about wanting to get into the game industry and this, that, and the other. And let me let me say this too, because this came up a lot when I would be out doing things, trying to encourage people to apply or whatever. A lot of people would say, well, I don't have enough experience in game design, or I don't know computer programming this well or whatever. The reality is all of these companies have positions that do other things. I was in marketing at Wizard of the Coast. Right. That's a thing. There are people in actual design. Hell, there's people there that work in like uh, fonts and scripts and whatever, because they're doing that on the design team. Right. There's people that literally just make packaging and the arts. Right. Like that's a whole thing. There's there's people that do pretty much anything you do at your office also goes on at these big companies. And if you are thinking, let's say maybe you are good at marketing or whatever or website design or whatever it is but you have an interest in doing some game design work. You can get your foot in the door doing the thing you already are good at, and then you do projects with that team. You get familiar with what they do. They have something like, I guess I can talk about this. Like I had to think about, I have to think about things when I've worked for bigger companies before I say stuff, because I'm like, is this a thing that was protected? But no, they have a, a, basically they had a thing once a week where if you wanted to work with the design team, they would come and let people from other departments sit in these like uh, effectively like design classes where you could pitch different ideas for maybe an upcoming set or a project. And they'll say like, hey, here's the things we're trying to design for. Maybe the set needs, I don't know, an angel, but it needs to have this flavor and this is the set mechanic or whatever. And you would get in little teams and come up with stuff. And sometimes designs out of those ended up getting used, right? But that's a chance for you to do something with that team, get your foot in the door, whatever. Like, because you're not going to get to do that if you're outside the building. And that applies for any company, anything. Like, if you can just get your foot in the door and you become part of their culture and everything else and you understand what they value, what they don't, it makes it so much easier for you to move around within that company. Instead of just saying like, well, I have to take this whole new program or whatever and apply cold so I could be in this department. Like there's people all the time at every company that move from department to department over five or six years, but you have to get your foot in the door first. But yeah, if you're looking to get on with wizards, you don't have any plans for the summer or whatever, get in with their internship program. You'll get paid, you know, you'll, you'll make a little something, but you'll learn something and make some connections. And I think it's totally worth it and good luck to everybody. But now let's talk about a thing I think we both kind of like and don't mind some trash talking. <laughs> like, and now, minute you're talking about two dudes that are wrestling fans, and that's that's right. half of wrestling is being able to cut a good promo, right? But this weekend, people got kind of all out of whack about two women in the women's NCAA women's championship game. Now, admittedly. From the sounds of it, there was some trash talk throughout the whole women's tournament, which great. 
I I think it right. added to the element of it. And I think it was good. And honestly, I think the women's tournament had more hype than the men's tournament. More star power, more to talk about, more records being broken. I'm I'm for it. But they wanted to make a deal. Now, okay. Let me just get the first thing out of the way. That the obvious, because if we don't say it, people are going to say, why didn't you bring this up? But the reality is they were giving the black chick more hell for doing effectively the same amount of trash talk and the type of trash talk that right. the white chick did, right? So, like, it is what it is. Like, it's the elephant in the room. You kind of got to address it because that's the way social media was. When the white chick also said outright, like, I don't know why she's catching hell. We were all trash talking through the whole yeah, tournament. Like, yeah, she said she, yeah, Kayla Clark said she didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, like, that's just part of the game. And let's be real. People trying to say, like, oh, well, how has she not had more class that they won the game or whatever? Like, bro, I'm going to tell you, anybody who's played any amount of sports, if somebody's jawjacking the whole game right? and you get the last score, you're going to be pointing to the scoreboard talking trash on the yep. way back to the sideline. Like, almost everybody I know who's been a serious competitor has done something like that at some point. And Caitlin's thing wouldn't just talk. She did the whole John Cena. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, can't, you can't see, see me. me. So, right? yeah, once you've done that. Chick, and the other chick, after she won, was doing the you can't see me, but pointing to the ring. Right. <laughs> like, you may not see me, but I got the ring, too. Right. And I'm like, OK, I can respect that. Like, yep, you, Angel you, Reese was the uh, the, the uh, black yeah. woman that was doing the from LSU. So you had to give LSU. And I'm like props. this. Look, if you're going to talk trash and you don't back it up and you lose, you know, you're going to catch hell from the other team. That's just the way it goes. Every single Angel has also said she rejects Jill Biden's White House uh, invite because apparently at first Jill said she wanted to invite Iowa. So that's become a whole mess. Yeah, that's also weird, too. I, I don't know what that's all about. But like, so, yeah, I, I'm, I here's the thing. Like trash talking can be fun and interesting and whatever if done the right way. Now, it's one thing I think it can go too far. When you start bringing in people's family or talking about people's kids or whatever, like that ain't cool. I think there are levels that, like, if it's stuff on the court, we're talking about your game is trash and you know whatever. That's all fine. But I think when you start involving other people, it becomes some people do take it too far, and that's to me where it becomes classless. But for us to call either of these girls classless for any, I say girls, they are women at this point, right? You know, classless. For any reason, when we will celebrate in their same sport, Michael Jordan. Who, yep. Hell, Jordan was so competitive on the court. He punched his own teammate in practice for guarding him too hard. Like, but we well, celebrate. We find that. out the last dance. Apparently, a lot of Jordan's teammates hate him, and you can understand. Yeah, it's pretty easy to see how Michael Jordan can be a hole. But it's, like. Everybody, every single story is Larry Bird talked your ear off the whole game. Yep. And Larry Bird would be like, your coach must not like you. He sent you to cover me. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, like the trash talk. Like, if you go, like, just go look up Larry Bird trash talk stories. They are infinite. Like, every player that played with them has a story. Like, every one of them. You know, hell, people talk about thinking Magic Johnson's all nice or whatever. He trash talked. Oh, yeah. Like all these dudes did, but we're we're like, oh, they're the greatest, and oh, they're just real competitors. Hell, Kobe was so next level; he figured out how to trash talk in different languages. So if he right. just wanted to insult certain players, and the rest of their team didn't know, 
Like I said, he turned around, heard somebody trash talking in Slovenian. It's like, who yeah, in the world? Like, and I'm it like, was Kobe. Kobe next level people, asked, man. Like, How was his accent? Like, it was really good. Like, Kobe just, yeah, Kobe, Kobe didn't do anything halfway. Kobe, to my understanding, spoke like five languages or something. Yeah, because his dad played all over the place. So. And next level, he did that partially so when there were certain players they wanted, he could yeah. communicate with them in certain languages on the court, knowing that other players couldn't hear him or couldn't understand him. But then when he wanted to trash talk people, he had a new tool that yep. he knew he could get under one person's skin if he wanted to. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> By the way, sidetrack, I posted this on Twitter the other day, but Brian Shaw, who was a former Lakers player and a coach while Kobe was there, he was telling a story about how when he had a 62-point game that he went over to Kobe and said, hey, coach said if you want to stay in, we'll leave you in for a little bit so you can get to 70, just get those last eight points, and then we'll put you on the bench. And Kobe says, like, nah, it's all good. Like, I'll just try to get that when we need it because they were already winning. And Brian Shaw was apparently mad about it. He's like, who sits down when they could just get 70? And then, like, two months later, he has his 81-point game. Yeah. I'm like, tell me that's not crazy. Like, some people, when you talk about people being built different, like a dude, like, one, 70 points has only happened a couple of times in the NBA, yeah. period. And he's like, nah, I'll just do it later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? But, yeah, anyway. Trash talk. It literally is everywhere. Like we said, hell, talk to all the NFL players. They'll tell you all yep. the trash talk that happens between linemen all the time. Like, it's just, it's people competing. Some people trying to get under each other's skin. Sometimes you're just caught up in the becomes, moment. Like, it, it, it becomes legendary. It becomes almost yeah. as famous. In some cases, more famous than the gameplay itself. Like that, that great uh, clip of Shannon Sharp tell people, call the president. Call the minute yep. man, call the national guard, because we killing the Patriots. Oh, dude, Ray Lewis trash talked all the time. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Daryl Revis did some trash talk. Yeah. Hell, the best, the best stories I ever heard were about Larry Fitzgerald, because he's always portrayed as being this nice guy, super yeah. professional, whatever. Apparently, he would do stuff like find out when your mom's birthday was, right? Wow. And when if it was on like the day or four after a game y'all playing. He would send a present for your mom to like the locker room or whatever. And then you get on the court or on the field and he'd just be like, hey, how's so-and-so doing or whatever. And just like mess with your head so bad that like you'd almost have a hard time hitting the dude hard or guarding him. Because now he's like being friendly and buying stuff for your family and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's next level for real, right? That is wild. But that's what I'm saying. This is a thing in sports. Like, notice most of the athletes weren't the ones commenting and being upset about it. If you watch all these different shows, yeah. they're like, yeah, what's the big deal? Nobody got into a fist fight. Nobody was talking about each other's families. Like, it was all on the court. They just made gestures at each other. It wasn't like somebody threw the finger or anything. You know, they were just both being competitors, both at the top of their game. One of them won, one of them lost. That's it. There's really not and much more to the story. And like we said, if you liked it when Caitlin Clark did it, and all, and media reports seemed like I, every story I saw about Caitlin Clark doing it was positive. It wasn't until Angel Reese did it that oh, that's classless. You shouldn't do that. Even John Cena like logged on and said, and, you know, gave Caitlin Clark props yeah. for you know doing his gesture. And let's be real in the in the era of social media, sometimes you're building your own stock too, right? Right, because then everybody reported, "Hey, John Cena saw this." Mm -hmm. Right, so now, especially what we we're talking about earlier about those NIL deals, yeah. Well, now she can get a lot of money, right? Because now she's on more people's radar. 
Hell, it's probably better for her because she lost. On top of that, now we get to do the revenge tour next year. Yep. Right? So that's going to be the narrative, right? Can she get back? Can she still be on top of her game? Is she still going to be break her other records? Like, is she going to be able to get the championship? Because you only a lot of people would only get a shot at one, you know, if you're lucky, right? Can she get all the way back? Right? They, there's going to be so much. And and that's good. And honestly, I think it's good for women's basketball. Absolutely. Because, hell, the tournament was done. Here we are still talking about it three, four days later. Right? And I can't remember the last time that's happened. Yep. And ain't nobody talking about the guys' tournament. Yeah. I, I know, think part of what's hurting the guys went, okay. is, you know, the, the guys, in a lot of cases, are one and done. You know, the, if you're one of the best players, you're not going to stay in college for four years and everybody knows this. Yeah, there's no no investment, right? You, you know, all right, we like these guys, but they're not going to stay more than a year. Or two. In some cases, they're not even going to go to college. You know, they're going to go straight from, you can't go straight from high school to the NBA. This is... No, I guess in many ways it sucks. Well, you used to be able to. Now, now they do like a year. Of, well, no, you can. I guess you can still. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could still do that. And so a lot yeah, of people it, go overseas too, or go to the G League. There's a lot of international leagues now too that are actually starting to pay real money. But yeah, man, I don't know. I, I it was weird. I saw the story, and when and when I saw the stories, I thought it led to some incident. When I saw how upset people were, I thought, okay, these these ladies must have gotten into a fist fight or something or whatever. No. Nope. And they were, they were just like, no, they just were trash talking. That's it. And I'm like, well, what's the story here? And then, like I said, I watched, you know, like if you see like Skip and Shannon on Undisputed, they were like, yeah, they're just trash talking, whatever. You know, they were like, it's good for the sport. Fine. Right. You see any of these other athletes talking about it. They're just like, yeah, whatever. They're trash talking. So like. Why we see it all the time where you know when Tom Brady chews out his teammate, he he's being your know, inspirational. He wants it really bad. You see a black athlete doing the same thing, oh, he's a malcontent, he's trouble, he's a thug. Yeah, hell, multiple people said they didn't even enjoy playing with Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. Right? Like that's come out for some people, and they were like, Oh, really? You know, it's like, well, yeah, it's like you're berating your own damn teammates and your own players. Like, of course they're not going to like that. Hell, just today I saw a thing from, uh, crap, I think it was maybe Asante Samuel. He was posting a thing to Lamar Jackson because there was rumor that apparently, I guess, the the Patriots might be interested. And that he just said straight up, he's happens. like, he said, hey, Lamar, you would not enjoy playing for B- Coach Belichick. Like, just straight up put it out there. <laughs> so I know he'd probably enjoy winning at this point. That's also true. Because I'm sure Randy Moss probably didn't enjoy necessarily the culture, but he should enjoy catching touchdowns. Well, let, let's be real though; they have struggled without Tom Brady there. and their division. The thing, like they don't have any offensive players. Is why Here, here's the other reality, though. I said this about Tom Brady too: is he, you right place, right time. So it's not not his fault. But like he did get to play at a time where they were the good team in that division for like a decade. Also true. Because, like, the Dolphins were crap for a long time. The Bills were crap for a long time. Like, we knew that, right? Like, they basically had at least five wins. And maybe, you know, one of those teams get lucky in bad weather or something one one game. But they got at least five wins straight up in their own division because nobody was even close. Now it's like the Dolphins have real players. But like, in fairness, that was, you know, that wasn't just luck. That was because no, 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 no. of moves New England made. Like Absolutely. It, when did Tom Brady get drafted? Any one of them could have had Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, they yeah. didn't pick him. The management of the teams have just been terrible. Like they, now, they're busy picking, you know, the Zach Wilsons of the world. But the Bills 
now have what could be a generational quarterback. Yeah. You know, so like things are changing. Also, kind of weird that the Jets had Geno Smith and he was garbage, but then now he was like comeback player of the year, or whatever, last year. Again, the <laughs> like, Jets being Jets. Yep. So just weird. But yeah, man, I don't know. I I think I think the only issue with trash talk for me is that if you're going to put it into, like, let's say you want to show up to a magic tournament trash talking, you have to know that that doesn't exist in that space previously. And that's going to get a lot more negative press, right? Because you're going to become just the ass, even though you might just be joking around, having fun, whatever. Does it not really? What do you mean? Trash talk? No. It really doesn't. I mean, it, not at the tournament, but I mean, certainly if you look at Magic Twitter, oh my God, did you see what Saffron Olive said this week? Yeah, but that that's not what I would really... Like, nobody's taking shots at each other directly. You know, this isn't like, oh, dude, whatever. Like, you're not going to beat me in a tournament because of XYZ or whatever. Or like, your game's weak. Yeah, it, yeah, it exists, but it doesn't. It's not really yeah. talking about the game. It's talking yeah. about people's opinions on things. Yeah, that's, we don't we don't have real trash talk, and I think a lot of communities don't, which might be why people who aren't in sports have viewed that as being like, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, yeah, but if you're engaged with it, you see that all the time. Hell, we were just talking about what's his name, uh, Austin Reeves. He's a dude from middle of nowhere arkansas who happened to make the nba and like that dude trash talks while he's playing like see him shoot a three ball or whatever and he points to his arm or whatever whatever while he's running up and down the court like it's just part of what people do it's part of the show hillbilly kobe is my favorite nickname in the nba oh he absolutely like and dude if you see him just do interviews like he's kind of a cool dude he really is like so it's like good on him because he's gonna get paid like he's making no less than probably 10 11 million next year and could get a four or five year contract worth about 50, 60 million. So good for him. He's earned it. But yeah, man, I don't know. Trash talk, not that big a deal. As long as it's kept for me within the bounds of that event or game. Yeah, like don't be talking about people's family, yeah. maybe his girlfriend. That's out of bounds, I would say. But it but if you're keeping it to the context of what's going on, I don't have a problem with that. Hell, I I've been at a football game, and this actually happened. It was a Cowboys game. Some Redskins fans were sitting right next to me and a buddy. And we trash talked each other the whole game. I mean, it was halftime. And we're talking about this team's history and this guy being crap and, you know, whatever. Like, we were going. I mean, end of the game, we I think Cowboys won by like a field goal late in the game or whatever. We ended up, man, that was a lot of fun. Hugs, hand pounds, y'all be safe going back, you know, whatever. That was it. Like we trash talk. We had fun during the ball Did game. Did you say, "Hey, your mascot's racist"? And probably the first. Thing no, we didn't do that. That, that. that wasn't really something on our mind at that point. Mm-hmm. But that was the point, though. Like we had a bunch of fun. We all knew it was just spirit of the game. Whatever. End of the game. Made sure, hey man, y'all have a safe trip going home. Whatever. They had a blast. We had a blast. We all went our separate ways. No hard feelings. We weren't insulting anybody's family. Hell, we didn't weren't even really insulting them, except for like their jersey, I think, one of the players he was wearing or something. But like there are ways trash talk can be done and still be fun for everybody. Now, there's some people who ain't never been trash talked before, and the first time somebody says something about you, it's gonna hurt real bad. <laughs> like, and I've had some people trash talk me sometimes, like sometimes somebody says something, it hits you the wrong way. Like you you gotta like check your emotions for a second. Because you know they don't mean it, but like it feels like they really do, you know. 
That's, that's, There's this Christian school I saw one time. They would do, they would kill you with kindness. They would you know, light you up. They'd be like God bless you as they're helping you up. You're like go away. Yeah. Like, hey. If the southern person gives you the God bless you, uh, bless your heart. Like uh, you, you know. Like I've even had to explain that to some southerners when uh, when somebody gave you the bless your heart, and you're like, oh, that's lady so nice. I'm like, nah, she's making fun of you, dog. <laughs> like it's just the polite way of trash talking you. Yeah, man. I don't know. It was it was an overblown story. It was really nothing. But I, I thought it was a uh, interesting to talk about because it's not something we see a lot in gaming. Though I will say, sometimes, sometimes you do see it in in like one on one gaming. There'll be there'll be some trash talk there with like I've seen some fighter games where some dudes will get a little edgy toward each other sometimes. But it's not common. But anyway, once you're they can find you on socials, Brian. All right. I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Our friendly channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And honestly, if you're going to be down in the Orlando Command Fest, you should come see me. I will be down there all weekend. Otherwise, check out my stuff everywhere. And now, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourselves and your family, and remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 